You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors, unfortunately. He's strong, but some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman! citizens of gotham welcome back to the eternal night podcast podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective the dark knight of the dc universe batman i am one of your hosts the one time long time co long along with my long time co-host you guys already know who's back in the cave it's myself philip and as well craig blaylock craig what's up man what's going on it's good to be back in the cave it's been a couple weeks been about two weeks since we've been in the cave good to be back back from vacation, back into the real world, back into, well, not a whole lot of Batman news. That's unfortunately true. Yeah, not much going on, at least at the moment. No, not really. I mean, Justice League War World got an R rating. We kind of knew that was happening. It's even got a couple of voice actors. Once again, Jensen Ackles is reprising his role for that. But outside of that, there really isn't too much, really isn't too much Batman stuff going on, which sucks. Just kind of have to make up stuff on our own. I mean, hell, I'm not even caught up on Gotham Knights. You guys know how much I love watching that show. <laughs> right? Right? And if I recall the last text uh, before you left from your trip, when you told me about how Gotham Knights was going, I believe it was this latest episode was yeesh. And that was the last thing you said. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and um, based on what I saw of this episode uh i don't know i don't think i'll feel the same way but i I still gotta finish it so more to come on that later i'm sure um but yeah i did take a trip and that trip was to pasadena for uh the full circle event celebrating uh the Zack snyder trilogy of uh his dc films which encompasses uh, man of steel uh, batman v superman donna justice ultimate edition as well as uh, Zack snyder's justice league Got to witness all three of those movies over the course of the weekend, uh, April 28th through the 30th, along with a couple other friends and fans in that, in, you know, in, in that fandom, which was really cool. Had a lot of sightseeing done, and, um, well, that's what we're here to talk about. We're going to recap the, the full circle event that I got to attend. 
and I'm sure Craig has a lot of questions and a lot of possible friendly animosity to throw my way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, and I'm yeah, sure because that... I mean to let people know, like Phil kept us updated, um, myself and our friend Terrence. He kept us updated here and there about what was going on, but you know, there's a lot going on there, so we kind of expected to not hear like everything that was going to be happening over that weekend. How many days was it? You were you left Thursday. Did you arrive on Thursday or okay. did you arrive Friday? So I got to so I left Thursday, uh the twenty the twenty seventh, and I had been planning this and you know, planning a trip is, is always hectic and I had never done a trip like this for myself in a long while. And I've actually got the itch to travel again now, so who knows? Who knows what where else I'll be going in the next few months when I if when and if I decide to go cross country. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Might even take my lappy and one of my spare microphones with me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but um, specifically on Thursday, you know, um, we weeks leading into this, we had I had I was part of a group chat with a couple other fans and friends and other podcasters and YouTubers that I'd been listening to or following for quite some time. Um, we'd put together a group chat to kind of square away certain aspects like lodging and you know where we're going to go for food and things of that capacity but even then the, the, as we got as everyone got to the B&B that was really the only thing that we all settled on was was getting a B&B because I got to tell you I looked at hotel prices and I was I was like kind of clenching my pearls a little bit because <laughs> even just for a 5 day stay in Pasadena was just like <laughs> yeah I could imagine so a bunch of us about I think 8 or 9 guys we all pulled together some 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 funds and we you know went out on Airbnb for four or five days and it was it was awesome well it was awesome in the sense that 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 there was a collective community of of gentlemen there that that all had mutual respect and we're all there for the same thing and we all had a a mutual understanding of what we were there for that I think was was probably the most endearing experience for me personally um and even just just like getting to meet some some personal heroes like for me hanging out with scott mcclellan of dc Squadcast for for a couple days was just something i'll never forget he's just one of the nicest people super down to earth super pleasant we talked about a lot of different things like we talked about the power rangers movie that i still need to check out we had a pretty fun conversation about the new mortal Kombat film i think you and scott would probably have a lot of fun talking about that craig oh yeah matter of fact a lot of the guys i think you would probably get along with (laughs) um met a lot of really really cool people like uh dave penny the film junkie been patron of his for a long time now but getting to finally meet him face to face and share a couple shots of jameson that was cool too getting to meet him but um also i, I guess i should kind of just back up a little bit too because we haven't even gotten through through like all of the weekend so i got to carpool with a couple of local guys there was one young gentleman named ishan who lives a couple minutes north from me in El Dorado Hills and then our friend Jason who lives a little way south in Fairfield and we drove from there after we picked up Jason Ishan picked me up we had drove around a Nissan Armada for those of you dark side fans out there who might love that ready the Armada um, we drove from Susan City straight shot to LA and it was like a five and a half hour drive we got there at 11 30 at night Thursday night oh wow yeah yeah, so we got there, and we didn't go to bed until I would say about, oh, 1 o'clock? Yeah, that sounds about right, about 1 o'clock. 
And so after that, um, myself, Dave, and Jason went to go pick up Scott from LA International Airport, LAX. And we picked him up, got him, and then we went to a Dunkin' Donuts because he hadn't eaten anything in over 12 hours because his flight plans got really screwed up. Um, if you guys want to shocking sh- in you know, yeah. American well, Airlines. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, I don't really want to try and speak too much on Scott's behalf, but if you guys want to check it out, just go to Squadcast Media on YouTube. He's got a couple chronicles there in regards Boy. to his trip there. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was a little rough. But we picked him up, got him some Dunkin' Donuts. I never had Dunkin' Donuts until that day, funny enough. And there's I, I it's funny, I'd never had Dunkin' Donuts at all until that weekend and I passed by a Dunkin' Donuts to go to go to go to and from work every single day (laughs) it's hilarious it's it's ironic and i hadn't had it until i went to pasadena now i'm just like you know maybe just maybe once in a while i'll stop into a dunkin donuts down Mm -hmm. here but i don't know but uh after that we picked we picked scott back up we went back to the airbnb dropped him off went to target to get more supplies just be you know prepare for the weekend and whatnot then we had to head back to the Airbnb and hung out with a couple more friends who stopped by. And then um, after that, we left the Airbnb at about, oh, two-ish, three-ish, somewhere in there. Because we had to be at the Art Center by four. Because the movie was supposed to start at around six, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think Manicea was supposed to start around six. And the cocktail hour is supposed to start at about 5. So we got there at about 4. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Then we waited in line. That was that was day one, waiting in line to get <laughs> into the art center and, like, you know, kind of feel things out and see where uh, the first two days were going to take place, see where you could pick up pictures, see where you could pick up posters and T-shirts, which I did get. I got Craig and Terrence couple i got craig and terrence t-shirts got myself a t-shirt nice i still haven't shipped it yet because i'm waiting to get paid that's ah, all right yeah but yeah uh terrence still needs to come get his he said he'd come get it and he still hasn't come got it so that's on him but yeah we got i got a couple t-shirts all from the one the the new one drawn by jim lee so i think i got those on saturday yeah i got those on saturday but Friday, waiting in line, we finally get in, and I'm sitting outside where they're serving the drinks. Dave's sitting next to me, and he's talking to someone, and I hear him as I'm sitting there sipping my Sprite, because I don't really feel like, at this point, I wasn't really feeling like drinking alcohol, but they had, they had, um, mixed drinks they had like they had a wow what's the term i'm I'm missing on right now wow uh cocktails cocktails thank you they had cocktail they had mixed cocktails all based off of each movie they had and i'm glad steven and dave took pictures because i i don't have them in front of me but (laughs) they were delicious so they had one drink called the man of steel one called bvs and then one called justice league and then as i'm just sipping there sitting a sprite sipping a sprite i hear dave go Oh, hey, Zach. I turn around. Zach Snyder walks right by me to go get a cocktail, and I'm just, like, holding my drink. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, that's what, probably what, what I would have done. What, 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 what's happening right now? <laughs> uh, 
I, I, oh, I, oh, wow, words are hard. And then I was, and then, you know, people swarmed him from there. And I was just like, well, shit, there went my opportunity. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the minute someone says, hey, Zach, and then you see mm-hmm. Zack Snyder ordering a cocktail, well, yeah. It was, um, it was, it was quite, quite the sight to be seen. But we, we wound up getting free, we wound up getting these tickets for, uh, food and drink. So that's how I wound up getting free cocktails and so after that i wound up getting a batman v superman and um that was delicious couldn't even hardly taste any alcohol in it but that was also apparently the strongest one because it had tequila in it and i I was feeling it watching man of steel that's for sure uh Uh, that's always the ones you got to worry about when you can't taste the alcohol in it yep but it was worth it it was absolutely worth it um so it was cool getting to see like Zack Snyder interact with a lot of different fans and, you know, get to see a lot of different fans that I had come to know over the years. Also talked to a couple different people that I had, I had become cordial with to some extent, just got to meet a lot of down to earth people and a lot of other fans as well. That was nice. Um, so then after the cocktail hour, we got to see man of steel in the new art center, which was funded they built it due to the funds raised part of the part of the funds raised i believe from the first convention they held in 2019 where they showcased uh Dawn of the Dead Watchmen and Batman vs Superman and mm. now we got to be in the new theater that they had and um it was quite an quite an experience to see Man of Steel again 10, ten years after the fact especially since the last time i did see it was 10 years ago in the theater the first time Oh wow! So revisiting again with a incredible, impeccable sound system was awesome. Oh, by the way, uh, during the cocktail hour, I actually got to chat with Christina Wren, who played Major Carrie Ferris in Man of Steel, who was side by side uh Harry Lennox's Swanwick. Oh, nice! Yeah, the girl says I think she's kind. Of, I think he's kind of hot at the end of the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, her. Super nice, super nice, super down to earth really sweet <laughs> what's funny was like you know during the Q&A for Man of Steel it was, fa- it was found out they sh- uh, Christina Ren and Snyder shared that that he'd found her through a hummus commercial that's that's how she got cast from the movie <laughs> so that was that was interesting but yeah I got to shoot the shit with her about uh, getting to work with Harry Lennox and like how you know he was General Swanwick Martian Manhunter and she said Harry, Henry Lennox is, like, one of the nicest people to work with. And, you know, just, again, you know, just super nice, super down-to-earth person. The, the, the fact that I got to, like, have a chat with her was even just more like, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Q&A for Man of Steel was... It was pretty interesting because I think uh, the, the the question about the pod either came out of it came out of that one. No, it didn't come out of that. It came out of the Batman vs Superman Q and A. But what was really cool for for Man of Steel was like getting to see um, Dave and and Stephen Colbert who writes for Screen Rant. Like they got to go back and kind of watch the movie with with Zach and kind of ask him questions about the film. And I I've yet to actually see their interviews but i know that they they went because both of them were sitting pretty close to me but yeah that was really cool Hmm. but i think even just again seeing that film 
with a lot of other fans and and like getting all the the, the cheer moments like when when superman flies for the first time the crowd cheered when um zaz said i will find him i believe there was a little bit of applause uh there, <laughs> there, there was there was there were quite a few moments that were just you know really you could feel the energy in the crowd being there for that film and it was just it was it was it was just really awesome getting to see that film in the big screen again yeah, that would have been fun i mean considering i did, i missed it in the, the theater so i only ever saw it at home on my tv yeah, I gotta say, like getting to see Man of Steel again on the big screen ten years after the fact, and also noting that the Flash comes out literally a month from now, and it's yep. gonna be like that's that's pretty much gonna be the, the the finale of the this universe that started with Man of Steel, and it's going to harken back to Man of Steel in a lot of in a lot of ways, and it's yeah. just you know again kind of a another full circle in and of itself with that, but. Yeah, like I, I can't even begin to tell you how just how awesome it was to see that film with so many different people who who have that admiration for it because that's really where a lot of this does begin for a lot of people is with Man of Steel. So, how were the um, Q and A sessions? You know, the Man of Steel one. I it I, I really wish it would have gone on a little bit longer, but we we did we didn't even get to it until like eight thirty eight forty five somewhere in there. We didn't get out of there until like ten. So by that that one is kind of blurry for me because by the time we gotten home, we were all kind of tired. But we were all just kind of hanging out and kind of trying to recap that day, but also trying to prep for the next day too. So I I, I do remember the bvs q a absolutely and the the, the snyder cut q a as well a little bit more Be, okay. pro, and and i i think that's also probably because like you know they were a little bit earlier in the day and i was a little bit more cognizant of them not to say that i wasn't cognizant during the man of steel q a it's just that's the one i remember the least because i think between like everything that happened throughout the day and the cocktail hour and like all that it's just it's just kind of a blur because I was, oh, probably, yeah, I was sure. probably the most intoxicated that day throughout that movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the Q and A's I think were, were, were really fun, but I do think the standout one was probably uh, the Batman versus Superman Q and A for a lot of different reasons. Uh, number one, like, uh, so the, 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 the lineup for the Q and A for Batman versus Superman was um, Zach, Snyder, of course, the director. They had Patrick Topolis, production designer, created the Batmobile. They had uh, Damon Caro, who was the stunt coordinator on all of Zach's films, first unit director as well on BVS. Or sorry, second unit, not first unit. Um, and then <clears throat> John DJ, DJ Jess Jarden, visual effects supervisor, as well as I believe Deborah was up there next to them as well. So, And Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend moderated that panel. Um, that panel was the one where, where they talked about how a, an unused idea of potentially the open pod of, in Man of Steel was, was not necessarily Kara Zor-El, but it was in fact Ares or Zeus from Wonder Woman. And that The idea that they, oh. that they would have been Kryptonian. And that sent the internet in an absolute hiss fit, of course. 
as the internet does anytime they react to any kind of creative decisions Zack Snyder makes in the DC universe. Yeah. Um, also, during the Batman vs. Superman panel, uh, <laughs> there was a, a young gentleman who decided to ask about whether or not, and this is without question probably the funniest one of, of the entire entire weekend for me anyway uh this young gentleman i don't think he knew any better or had any idea of what was going on like behind the scenes or anything like that but uh he asked he'd asked the question he'd wondered if um he had any intention of doing anything with doomsday clock oh yes i remember you sent us uh you sent terrence and i the clip of this okay so <laughs> so this is a great when, one when 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 the kid starts talking about doomsday clock literally you you could hear it a needle drop in this room yeah. of how quiet it was. I could even tell from the video because as soon as he says doomsday clock, the room goes silent. Okay. I'm looking around. I look at my friend. I look a couple. I look at my friend, Joey. I look at Dave. I look at Steve. I look at Steven. I look at everyone. And we're all just like, did he just really ask like <laughs> that question? Cause he was going, he was like, you know, how would you feel? Are you, do you have any plans to like do like doomsday clock? And, you know, spoiler. You know, you he he led up to it. He said, you know, you've worked on you, you, the Watchmen's amazing. You know, you worked on the Justice League. Do you have any you any plans of like doing like a crossover, like in, like a Doomsday Clock kind of style crossover? And then like you could see both DJ and Damon Carl. They they both kind of look at each other for after mm-hmm. the kid, after a while after the kids stop speaking. Then DJ kind of stops and goes, "Yeah, Doomsday Clock." That that who who wrote that, and then someone says something, and and the kid goes, uh, uh I think, Je- Je-, and then DJ goes, is that the Jeff Johns book? And the kid goes, yeah, and both DJ and Damon Carroll throw their mics at you. Like, yeah. yeah, we and, and they walk away. Yeah, Zack Snyder to his credit says, yeah, probably not, but but yeah, DJ goes, yeah, no, we don't talk about that guy. <laughs> For anyone who does not know of any of the behind the scenes anything. To basically summarize it up, yeah, oh boy. Um, Jeff Johns is essentially the reason why the shit show that is the theatrical cut of Justice League hit theaters, and well, that version spoke for itself. So yeah, there's a reason why he was taken off as executive producer on the Snyder Cut and only given a special thanks. Jeff Johns is more or less the the one who should take all of the blame for the theatrical mm-hmm. justice league and it, it, everything is on him from bringing in joss whedon to standing in the editing room like it is on that dude and the fact that 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 happened was just immaculate because once the microphones are on the floor everyone just started like applauding and cheering <laughs> like we because because when you think about it like and it kind of feeds into a bigger blight that is comic book creators taking a dump on other creatives, be whether or not they're 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 comic creators or whether or not they're film directors. And like they're the sense of superiority and ownership that some of these people think they have over an IP and just yeah. how much of that can inflate an ego and how much that can just like well, we, we we've seen what what promises are worth. We've seen what what's happened when, you know, Jeff Johns is at the helm. We've seen what happened with Zack Snyder at the helm. 
I know which one I prefer. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's not hard to choose. But then again, you know, I also heard from a couple different people, and, I, and <laughs> I'm not going to name any names. But I will say that this is something that was confided to me in regards to Jeff Johns. And um, allegedly, there was a conversation had that uh, Johns basically said, you know, why do you take this so seriously? This stuff's for kids. And, it, and when I... When this was wow. when this was conveyed to me, wow. it's like, you know, hearing that, and then you look at something like him, or even you look at like some of the some of the stuff that like Mark Millar has said mm-hmm. about Batman versus Superman, or you think about like, I don't know, uh, there's a couple of different artists and comic book creators who just they have absolutely zero ownership over these characters yet they absolutely feel compelled to treat the treat it as if they do as if it is a fact and when i heard that it just kind of even cemented more of just how much i i am no longer a fan of john's because if you can't take this stuff seriously then i shouldn't take you seriously yeah jeez and the fact that so many people just in the crowd just applauded and had had like that's how dedicated they are to Zack Snyder as 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 a fan base because mm-hmm. they they can understand they can understand and respect creative integrity in a way clearly that some of these comic book creators cannot so yeah it it was really funny to watch that video cuz like you said literally you can hear a pin drop from the moment he says the title absolutely Oh, it's it was it was absolutely a, just a quiet. You could hear it, but you know, getting to to t- getting the insight more so of that movie and and having it come together and like hearing, just the behind the scenes of that film specifically of like, you know how that was the one where they where things were beginning to go when when they were plotting out Justice League and and how it was balancing the duality that is you know batman and superman and how you know hearing getting to hear him talk about how basically like you can't <laughs> if you don't really like break these characters or you don't kind of break them down then they, they they can become kind of less interesting i think there's something to be said there about these characters because you know if you just do something that's safe then that's again it's it's kind of boring but i do i do think that 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 Snyder mentioned something's the effect of regards to Superman. If you don't give him problems, if you don't give him like real world issues to work through, then he's a just, you know, a superpower being he can do anything. And that's, you know, again, that's boring. Mm-hmm. And he, he you can't be, you can't find that relatable. And I think that's absolutely true, especially when it comes to a character like Superman. I mean, that's been the long-going thing with Superman. When people say, like, they're not a Superman fan, that's usually the general arguing point, is a lot of people say, like, well, why should I like this character? He's he's invincible. He can... Nothing can beat him. And I think when you ground him in a way to have him, like, when his problems are human, yep, and that's the one thing he is, and I think that's 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 where the interesting aspect comes in. And I think that just kind of goes a lot over a lot of you know these hardcore Superman fans' heads because they just really want this this cardboard cutout who has, who just smiles all the time and just saves cats out of trees and just you know 
no offense, James Gunn, but he gives them hugs. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 like that's 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 the kind of Superman a lot of these fans want. They don't really care about like trying to ground Clark Kent in, in some semblance of reality. Like they don't they they just want him to be this 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 reporter who smiles and just has Jimmy Olsen taking pictures. And it's just like no, that's I'm sorry, but that's just kind of a really surface level assessment of of what the the full picture of Superman is, if you ask me. They want the Boy Scout. Yeah, I mean, sure. That's definitely a that's 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 the nickname for it, right? Yeah. They, they want the Boy Scout Superman. I think when you immediately dismiss anything that happened in Man of Steel, but you look at anything that Man of Steel has influenced and you praise that, I think that's a little hypocritical. Oh, yeah. Personally. But, you know, and that was another thing he actually did talk about in the Man of Steel Q&A was that, you know, he was... He didn't mind the fact that that he was in a line of people who got to work on Superman, and he's excited to see where it goes next. And I think that's actually very admirable because he just he wants to see he wants to see good projects, just like he's brought out great projects. Right. I I don't think there's any ever been any negative ill will on Snyder's end towards any of the other DC projects too. Mm-mm. Granted, you know, having made three of them, of course there's going to be a personal bias there of whether or not he thinks his would be, you know, superior or not. And I'm sure, yeah. you know, if, if you made your films, you probably would feel that way. Matter of fact, I would probably guess if, if I was Patty Jenkins, she'd probably feel like her Wonder Woman movie might be the best one of the DC yeah. bunch. I'm sure James Wan probably thinks his Aquaman is the best, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to speak on behalf of any of these people. It's just, you know, it, it, it's funny to see the online conversation that's, that surrounds, you know, these directors and their opinions of, of other comic book films when more often than not, they've, they've hardly ever, if not at all, not said anything about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just funny to me that that people would try and speak on, their behalf in regards to how they may or may not feel and you know just 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 on the on these three movies and in, in in their own you know after on saturday after the q a you know we got to do the signing which i felt really bad because we wound up being towards the back of the line and by the time um myself and a few of us had gotten up to to zach and debbie and a few a few other people who were there who were doing the signing they looked pretty tired so we tried to get it, get it, get it, and get out as fast as possible because we already knew, like, by the time we got there, that there were people who were, you know, taking their time and you know having their own Q and A's. And ultimately, like, when I had gotten up there, I, I I didn't get to ask any questions throughout the entirety of the weekend as much as I tried. I wanted to, but I I, I couldn't. But I did when I did meet Zach and Debbie. I told. I just wanted to let him know, and I did. I, I managed to tell him, I was like, look, you know, your movies, they mean a lot to me. They they saved my life more on more than one occasion, and I, I really wouldn't be the fan or person that I am without them, so I just wanted to say thank you. That's ultimately where I where I landed with it. And I, I'm glad I got to tell him that, too. And I'm, I'm sure everybody wants to know what was his response. Oh, he just, you know, he was super super nice about it 
called me brother, gave me a hug. We took pictures. It was, <laughs> it was really, really awesome. You know, like, like everyone's always said, you know, he's, he's a really nice person. He's really down to earth. He's really just super respectful, super professional. Um, honestly, I, it, you know, it was, if, if I could have asked him a question, I know what I would have asked him. Um, but I'm sure I'll get the chance to it at some point later. We'll see. We shall see. So let's see. Speaking of questions, let's see. Let me look through my notes here. So out of everything, obviously I'm sure meeting Zach was probably one of the biggest ones. But what for you was the most standout moment for you throughout the entire experience? Oh, that's a tough one. So, well, obviously getting to see the Snyder Cut and IMAX, that that the entirety of that is just an unforgettable experience. Yeah. Bar none. Um, having Ben Affleck walk in was pretty surreal. I remember when you when you messaged Terrence and I, I was I was kind of floored because I did not expect that. I'm not going to confirm or deny whether or not I might have known Ben Affleck might or might have not, might have not <laughs> shown up prior to it. But um, I will just say that, again, like, when Ray, because Ray Porter, who plays Darkseid, when he, 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 he was moderating the panel for Sunday, whenever, when he, we, okay, so let me, let me just go ahead and just get, get, get you guys an idea of what Sunday looked like. So Sunday was, was not was different like the movies the movie we saw was not held at the art center we got to go to the imax the universal imax on the on the city walk down there and oh my god i need to go back to the city walk and see what else they have (laughs) because craig let me tell you that place is just jam-packed of a whole bunch of nerd shit that i need to go check out anyway um so we got into the theater at about i want to say we got to the theater at about 11 30 we didn't get in until about 12-ish, and then the movie was supposed to start at 1. And then the Q&A was supposed to be from about till 5-ish to about 6-ish. So we show up. It's a freaking nightmare. Uh, parking, not only parking, but also just like navigating and then getting in. And then finding seats was an even more pain in the ass. Oh, I'm sure. But, but as we're sitting down, uh, Ray Fisher and Chris Tarot show up. Oh, wow. And so Ray Fisher, Chris Terra, and Ray Porter all sat with a bunch of fans in the middle of it while watching the movie. Oh, nice. They sat with the fans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Everyone sat with the fans. It was, it was great. So then during the intermission, um, I'm walking up to the bathroom, and I see Ray Fisher and Chris Terra walking down the stairs. And I see Ray Fisher just giving fans fist bumps. So I, I just kind of hold out my hand, and, and Ray Fisher gave me a fist bump. I was like, oh, yes, cool. And as, as, as Chris Terra is passing me, I just I panicked. I didn't know what to say, and I just I just blurted out in in my you know awkwardness. I was just like Argo is awesome, and he held his hand up and just kind of nodded. I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so that that was that was that was my two seconds of conversation, I guess you could say, with Chris Terrio, but not really a conversation, more like a complimentary type thing. But yeah, it, it was it was just nice seeing. You know those guys in in the crowd watching this movie with everybody, and like there were, again, there were a lot of really crowd cheer worthy moments in that movie as well. Like again, like Superman coming back to life, uh, Steppenwolf wreaking havoc on the Amazons, mm-hmm. like um, it just 
so many different moments. But then I think when they were getting ready to do the Q&A, there was one chair left and Ray Porter starts getting through the, like the, he's like, and Joe also joining us is, you know, Academy Award winning writer, director. Oh man. He starts going down the list. Actor. Uh, you may know him from a couple different things. Our bat. He couldn't even get the words Batman out before people started <laughs> people just losing their shit. Right. <laughs> and then, from the bottom you see ben affleck i i was i watched ben affleck come in the theater because where i was i was at the i was at the front row on the left side and the q a was on the right side and i had debated on sitting on the right side and i was just <laughs> kicking myself in the ass for not doing it after that because damn that would have put me right in eyesight with all of them <laughs> and i should have done it but the fact that i got to watch ben affleck walk in was just like, oh shit, oh shit! It's it's him. <laughs> Batman's here. <laughs> Holy crap! And so he walks up, gets up there, and and when there's a fucking moment of silence in between the cheers, I just blurt out and scream, "I loved you in Mallrats!" <laughs> and I think I heard him. I I saw him like nod or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just dreaming it. I don't know. Maybe, but still, it was it was it was freaking surreal to be sitting in the same room as Ben Affleck and Zack Snyder, and I just watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, that's insane. That was bananas. <laughs> oh my god! And then and then like you know you feel bad for him because they have to ask they have to answer certain questions. Obviously, they appreciated, or at least I could tell they appreciated some more than others. Um, the absolute funniest one to me was, was some kid like waving up and down, like I've got a good question. And then turns out all he had was a resume and he wanted to hand it to him. Oh, for the love of God. Yeah. That was, that happened. That wow. absolutely happened. Yeah. That was, that was a cringy moment for sure. Yeesh. I also did witness some, um, some, uh, some unfortunate display of, of, well, just just unprofessional fandom. Like there there was mm-hmm. uh, there was one point Ray Porter called on someone way in the back who was apparently wearing a black hat, and then this 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 dude and it and I shit you not this this guy stood up. He's wearing a Superman a black Superman suit. Calls himself by his YouTube handle. Oh lord! And then proceeds to like dance around this idea of, you know, would you guys be open to, you know this continuing on like a, a third party sir basically asking like you know would you guys be open to the Snyderverse being sold on netflix but not outright saying it yeah and then you like go online and you see like a certain kind of grift happening from a bs scooper stating oh it's they're open to it. and it's just like you know what that was gross gotta search for that clout it's just like you know you totally just rob somebody like, like, dude stood up and just blurted his question out, Sheesh. and and like didn't did had no regard for the fact that 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 moderator had asked, you know, and this person who'd been asked was waiting on a microphone to get get their chance for the question asked, and then this idiot just decides to stand up and just blurt out his question just just for that reason, and it's just like my God, have some class. There's always got to be a few, and you know they're they're. It was 
there was a little bit of that throughout the entirety of the weekend from that that same individual and a few others and it's just you know it's really unfortunate that that they have to you know resort to putting out nonsense to try and you know you know brainwash people into think something that's going to happen when it's probably not going to happen mm-hmm. you know like i i i can't get behind a hashtag that has this this idea this inane idea that you know oh you know if 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 warner brothers and hbo max aren't gonna try and continue doing what you know that what what zack snyder was doing with dc maybe netflix will and it's like why yeah exactly why because number one no i to, to put it simply i know why you know why these people that, that are pushing this hashtag, I don't really think they know why. I don't think they really understand why. Because they seem to think that if you just do a hashtag and you're loud enough, it's going to make things happen. No, that's not that. That's not how the Snyder Cut got released. So, it's just so insane to me that some of these fans are just so hell-bent on the idea that, oh, if Netflix pony is up enough money, Warner Brothers will absolutely license the IP for them to do these movies. And it's like, no, that's not how this shit works. <laughs> yeah, they're living in delusion. It's it's absolute delusion. It's because look look at the hard facts, right? Like what Zack Snyder wanted to do with those characters and where those characters and those actors are now specifically, they're not in a place I don't think where they can. Because number one, Zack Snyder's in case anyone hasn't been paying attention, he's working for Netflix. Yes. But he's doing his own thing. He's, he's building. Got, he's, he's got a little project he's been working on for a bit. A little a, a project. <laughs> Try a yeah. few, bud. Yeah. Like he just did Army of the Dead. He's mm-hmm. just wrapped filming Rebel Moon. He's going to do another Army of the Dead movie, and he's also doing other things set around Rebel Moon and Army of the Dead that include like animated spinoffs and other types of side sequels and side stories. He's too busy worrying about expanding his own personal ip i think if he wanted to still work with dc he'd be talking to james gunn a lot more frequently and that's and that's just and that's the other side of the coin like james gunn is building out dc after rebooting things from the flash is he going to carry some stuff over that's not that that are technically part of snyder's established canon yes i'm sure he is is he going to reconfigure if not outright reboot and replace things that he wants to and has a reason for yes that much is clear too he said it himself he's making another superman movie without henry cavill that's a fact we're just gonna have to accept that he's doing another batman movie with damian wayne as robin that wasn't in snyder's canon i'm fine with that but the thing is is like some of these people just want this to continue, but they're not really looking at it from a realistic perspective. Ben Affleck has said on more than one occasion, he is done. He does not want to come back. Matter of fact, someone even asked him about his his Batman movie and how many other villains were in it, and he basically gave kind of a non-answer. He was like, look, I just kind of wanted to focus on the one, more or less. That I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he didn't really name any other villains. He basically just said he wanted to focus on Batman versus Deathstroke. That makes sense. Right? So it's it's just so it's frustrating because these people just seem to think if you're loud and annoying enough that things will happen in your favor and that's just not the case. Yeah. <laughs> like at all. At all. And I'm I'm glad that 
the movie got released so we could even just do a three-day watch of all three. Because, look, the realistic thing to push for now, I think, would be to see this movie in IMAX around the world so everyone else can have a chance to see it in IMAX. Yeah. That, to me, makes the most sense. Because, you know, like you said, you haven't even gotten to see... You you haven't seen any of them in... Yeah, no, I didn't didn't see Man of Steel in theater. I didn't see Wonder Woman. I didn't see BVS. I didn't get a chance to see any of them in theaters. So for you, this would absolutely be something you shell the money for. Oh, 100%. If it it came near you. Oh, hell yeah. Or even just like a one-day marathon, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that'd that'd be slick, too. Something like that. But really, I, I, I do think, like, if you want to see this story in in the best way possible, then yeah, I would absolutely just recommend, you know, getting it shown in IMAX again, worldwide, like a worldwide release, just put, you know, there's a nice hash. There's a couple of different hashtags, but more or less, you know, ZSJL and IMAX release the Snyder cut and IMAX. Just that, that I think would be the next logical step personally. Yeah. Just so everyone has a chance to see this, this movie in IMAX, because my God, the Snyder cut and my, and IMAX was just, whew. Oh, I could only imagine oh those, my, oh those my se- some of the sequences in that movie, seeing it in IMAX. Okay, the standout sequence for me was watching uh, Steppenwolf and Wonder Woman clash the second time. That that moment yeah. where Wonder Woman's on top of him and the, the, the axe and the sword clash. Oh my god, that was so cool. That was so, so cool. And even getting to see, like, Darkseid, like... Like when he puts his foot on Steppenwolf's head and the and camera crushes it. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's like seeing that IMAX was so good. You could even see the film grain in certain shots. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was good, dude. Like this was this was an experience. Like watching the movie at home for the first time, being seeing it then was great. Watching it in IMAX was like watching it for the first time all over again. I'm curious, did they do intermissions, or did they just, for they did. the Snyder Cut? Okay, so they did they, do intermissions. Did, so I was going to say, that had to be a long time to sit in the theater. They did, in fact, do an intermission, yeah, about uh, after part four, just like they, they've always talked about. That's, okay. That's a, it was supposed to be a 15-minute intermission, but because we were, you know, it was it was an event thing. We we also had a Q&A. They kind of moved it along, so they, they shortened the intermission by about seven minutes. So it's spo- it was supposed to be a 15-minute intermission, but yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Like getting to getting to see that, and then even just getting to to recap it. Like, you know, I was on a ACS Universe show on on I think it was Tuesday. Getting to talk with Ray Porter and Joey, uh, Joey, I actually got to share the Airbnb with. Um, we also went to Jones Coffee a couple different times, and especially on Monday before we left, that's also where I got a chance to like kind of get some one on one time with Ray Porter met him there at Jones Coffee oh, nice. that, that next day. So it was really cool just to get to hang out with him and talk to him about, you know, some of his career and like some of the stuff he'd been doing and even getting to pick his brand and like what he liked about the, what, what he liked about the movie. It was really cool. Like Ray, Ray Porter is a really nice guy. Love getting to chat with him. What has he, uh, that's actually something I was kind of thinking about. What has he done since uh, his involvement in justice league? Oh, he was um, predominantly part of the Audible book for Sandman. Mm, okay. 
So I know he was doing that. And I know he mentioned something else too. I forgot he was in Argo. Also, when uh, when his his like actual appearance, because he's got a cameo in the movie as one of the, the the forgers for the 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 armies of man for the mother box. Oh, oh, huh. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he he's he was there. But oh, I guess it's kind of an open secret. But uh, according to Wikipedia, I wasn't sure if he could talk about this. But according to Wikipedia, he is from Rebel Moon. So oh, nice. I think I did overhear him talk about that, but I wasn't quite justified. And maybe I should bring that up or not. But I guess it's. On, <laughs> I mean, it just further goes to show the the respect that Zack Snyder has with the actors that he was involved with. Oh, absolutely, Ab- absolutely. Um, and that's another thing, you know. Even Ben Affleck mentioned that uh, Zack Snyder creates a, a solid atmosphere for for everyone to work in, and I think that absolutely uh, makes you know makes sense given everything that they've they've talked about too. Again, it's just it's such a shame to hear that kind of stuff to see where things went. Yeah, I I try not to think about that too much now, and and think about just you know the fact that the film did get released, mm-hmm. and the fact that you know a lot of things were restored, like his performance as Darkseid, and Ray Ray Fisher's performance as Cyborg. Like getting getting all of that, and even just getting to witness it in the theater with them was just an absolute blast and even again like getting to hang out with all those guys at the at the B&B was just something I don't think I'll ever forget too it was it was an experience can't wait to go back i'm sure i'll probably take a trip down to pasadena here in the next few months just to revisit it go go and actually just you know kind of explore on my own terms cuz like there was so much that i wanted to do that i didn't that i need to but um, we are and by we I mean me myself Andre from the Four Nerds and uh, I believe Ryan uh, we're going to be doing a meetup in Sacramento and IMAX the IMAX Esquire for the Flash the day oh nice yeah, yeah that Friday on the 16th so that'll be cool we're going to do a nice little Four Nerds meetup there probably before the movie get some food or something and then go into the movie, come out of it, give our thoughts and whatnot. But yeah, that's that's my plan for the Flash. I'm planning on seeing an IMAX, I guess now. So there's that. Yeah, see here, I don't think there's any IMAX theaters nearby. We just have a lot of like, you know, a lot of the theaters around here tout the like mega screens and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, probably like an XD or something like that. Yep. I know I know one of the theaters around here is doing that um that like 4D stuff but I haven't mm. I haven't shown any interest in I mean there hasn't been any movie where I'm like oh I'm going to go experience with that. Yeah, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday in XD. So which was it was it 
was fine. It was good. But, yeah, I'll be seeing The Flash and IMAX next month. So I'm sure as more details come out for that, we'll we'll probably have more to say on that. Um, and, you know, I'm sure I'll link a lot of everyone else's things on uh, Full Circle in the show notes of this. And I also got to talk about it Friday night back on uh, the vodka stream for the first time again. You know, big thanks to Dave the Film Junkie for having me on there to kind of recap my experiences. Oh, I didn't even get yes. to mention, you know, I went to the Batman statue in Burbank. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah, I've got a couple pictures up on the interwebs, up on Twitter and Instagram, if you guys want to check that out there. Um, finally getting to see that statue was a bucket list thing for me because, you know, Batman's awesome. <laughs> there's a there's actually a picture of me holding the hand of the statue. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You guys want to check that out it's all over the interwebs um i've been posting my pictures of snyder con slowly just trying to segregate them because when i when i uploaded them onto my google drive they all uploaded at once and they're all out of order and not the order i uploaded them in so ah, that sucks. I, yeah i gotta siphon through them and categorize them and blah 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 but yeah ov- overall you know this was this is absolutely like one of the one of the best experiences i ever had um I hope it happens again. I'm sure it will at some point in the, in the future. Um, I don't doubt that, that at some point, you know, if Warner brothers really feels like it, they'll probably do like some kind of anniversary something. You got to imagine because like, you know, it's, it's, it's really no question that this, this film was a hit when it came out. Like Mm -hmm. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like this film gave a lot of goodwill to a lot of people in a lot of ways and there's demand for it to continue and honestly i would even take it in the form of like a graphic novel i don't mm-hmm. even care at this point like if you if you wanted to adapt some of those storyboards those whiteboards into in a graphic novel type stories i'd take that or even just some of the other stuff that was supposed to happen that didn't happen like affleck's script or whatever version of the flash film had cyborg in it, like make, make a graphic novel about that. I'd read it. Mm-hmm. I'd absolutely breed any of that. Oh, remember the, remember the podcast episode we did where we went through the storyboards of right. What was eventually going to be those other justice league movies. I mean, could you imagine a graphic novel on that? Yeah. And I was even fantastic. Just, it's funny and not even to like shamelessly plug, but I was also watching a video earlier today about, uh, from heavy spoilers in regards to how many different versions of alien three there are. And more specifically how there is the version of the film that we have from Fincher, which he walked away from. But then there's also like the, the, the other version of alien three from Gibson's script that's been turned into a couple different things. And I'm just like, well, yeah, if that can happen, then I, there's not a doubt in my mind that you could probably do like a graphic novel of, you know, the events of justice league two and three under, under Snyder. And even then, you could also maybe even do a one-shot comic of how Robin was murdered at the hand of Letter- Leto's Joker. Yeah. That's definitely been talked about, from what I understand. So, I don't know. I'm I'm all for it, but then again, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a dork for anything DC, yeah. any, anything Batman, especially anything Zack Snyder does. So... I'm game for it any which way, shape, or form. Hell, I'd take it if they did a DC animated of it. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Now, 
in the off-off chance. In the off-off chance, once James Gunn's universe gets established, years down the line, if if Snyder wants to maybe come back, and if Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, if they all feel like reprising a role for a future version of whatever that story was, maybe it could happen. I don't know, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, all hypothetical at that point. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, like you said, as much as you have those individuals that believe if they scream and shout and push it enough that it's going to happen. By this point, everything's set in stone. We know what the future is going to look like at this point, Mm -hmm. at least for the next, what, four or five years? Yeah. So, like, this is the course they're taking. Let's just see how it pans out, and then we'll see where it goes from there. And, you know, it's not like the comic isn't out of the question. Like, DC's, yeah. DC Comics has, you know, people have pitched them ideas before. They've turned them down. But then, after a while, DC's come back and said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? Mm-hmm. It's not it. It's not new. It's not a new concept to them. And, honestly, they don't really have an excuse now because they just did Batman 89 and Superman 78 as comic books. Yeah. And also to even take it a step further, they have tie-ins. They have a tie-in comic for the Flash film. They really don't have any excuse. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if they did, it would probably bring them a lot of probably bring them a lot of revenue. I don't know. Yeah. I look how long the Injustice storyline went in comic form after the video games came out. Yeah, right? Exactly. Or even, like, the Riddler comic that's spinning out of the Batman. Yeah, yeah. From Paldano. I don't know. It just it just feels like they, they leave money on the table when it comes to anything Zack Snyder related in DC. But that's just my opinion. But I think that's kind of where we're going to put a pin in it for this episode of The Eternal Night. Um, unless Craig has any other questions for, for me that I could possibly answer. Um, I think the only other one that I had that I thought would be kind of interesting, because I know you said that you kind of had a, a little bit of rumbling about like Ben Affleck's appearance. So like, what was a moment for you that completely took you by surprise? Like, just you had no idea... That it was coming just kind of left you shell shocked. Oh, I will say, I will probably say that the moment that probably left me completely beside myself. You know, it was probably a conversation I had with uh, Patrick Totopoulos. Um, unfortunately, I, d- I did not get a picture with Damon Carr or Patrick Topolis, but when I had gotten up to the point of meeting him in the, the line to sign stuff, because the, the, the full circuit poster I have, I got it signed by Zach, Debbie, Damon, and Patrick Topolis. And uh, I, had, I, had to- I had told Patrick Topolis, like, look, you know, one of the first things I, I had watched from the, the home edition of BVS was, you know, your 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 behind the scenes look of making the Batmobile and uh, one of the, part of the reason I went to school was so I could learn how to like build a computer so I could build cars on my computer and then maybe make them a reality one day and he was like that's effing cool 
You know, <laughs> he, he was like, you go make a Batmobile, you go make a better Batmobile than mine. I was like, whoa, 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 hey. You <laughs> like slimmer down now. You, you you made the monster. You made the creature. You made a badass Batmobile in your own right. I'll, yeah. I'd love to make my own, but whether or not it'll be better than yours, I don't know about that. Yeah, but, that, that Batmobile is epic. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that for me was really a, a big standout, like just getting to, to like talk to Patrick Topless about the Batmobile like that was that was dope and even again like just for me just getting getting to thank Zack Snyder in regards to you know making these movies and and creating just powerful art that that can inspire people I think was just a probably an unforgettable moment for me took me by surprise I'm sure um the the the, a legitimate moment that literally took me by surprise turning right around and having Zack Snyder walk right by me. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That, that would probably be it. Yeah. yeah. And even get, again, just getting to share coffee with Ray Porter and a couple other really great individuals too. Like, uh, just really cool people. Zack Snyder has some of the most epic fans out there. But yeah, that, that I believe is my recount of, uh, the full circle event. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like an amazing time. Like I said, I wish I could have been there. I just, just could not financially do it. Well, next time we'll have to make sure. Yeah. Two or off, if not all of us can go. Well, Craig, uh, I think next time, I don't know what we're going to have planned. We're going to, we're going to have to figure that one out. Probably definitely have to do another episode of Batman, the animated series. Yep. I have I have actually been kind of looking at um the current run of Batman comics cuz uh, they did just do the the landmark 900th issue. Wow. Which, which is also um it's 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 double marked. So it's 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 legacy numbered 900 but it's right now number 135. But but basically the gist of it is is like Batman's kind of hopping through the multiverse. And he goes and visits all these different versions of Batman, and he basically assembles a new bat suit from pieces he's collected from meeting these different Batman. For example, uh, he meets Adam West's Batman. Oh, okay, yes, I've heard about this. Uh, yeah. yeah, he meets the Adam West Batman, and they make um, the Batman shark repellent cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gives him a belt. He gives him West's belt. He meets the Dark Knight Returns version of Batman and gets like a, a metal arm because. I, apparently I this is news to me well not news to me like because like I, I keep a loose following of what's going on with Batman and comics apparently apparently Batman lost his hand in 134 oh Batman got his hand chopped off in issue 134 oh wow yeah so now I'm like well shit now I gotta now I kind of feel like wanting to jump back into con, <laughs> comics continuity and find out what the hell's going on with Batman but I do gotta I think maybe gearing through the 900 issue might be a fun one but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll figure something Batman related to yeah. talk about, you know, in the coming days for our next episode. Uh, but other than that, Craig, where where can people find you on the interwebs that wish to follow you along? Uh, as of right now, still on Facebook, but I think I am gonna finally bite the bullet, and I think I'm gonna actually I probably just do it right now. I'm gonna download the Vero app, well, get myself download, set up on there. You can download the app. You can also download the desktop version too. Very true. But and, yeah, uh, I think I'm going to get finally get set up on that. Okay. And uh, if y'all want to follow me along 
Twitter, Vero, Instagram, just at unfiltered, obviously. Uh, if you guys want to follow along with this show, uh, capital T E K underscore podcast. It's Twitter, Vero, or sorry, just Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever your podcast catcher of choice is. And feel free to follow us along on Twitter and Facebook, you know, if you guys want to follow us along. Um, also, feel free to leave us an email, thoughts, feelings, an episode, episode ideas, eternalatpod at gmail.com. Other than that, as we like to say, keep it classy in the cave. Stay safe. Take it easy. Whatever your listening preference is, have a great day or night. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And he said, yeah, you know, uh, Superman, he's going to be really pissed off a couple of times. And Batman, he's going to like brand people like they're on Yellowstone Ranch. And it's going it's like, to be messed up. And they, they just go, OK, we're, we're cool with that, Zach. Just let him be pissed. I mean, I think the whole thing, uh, the whole my whole take on Superman is that, like, obviously, you know, my intention is not that Superman is angry. It's more that he is troubled by earth because earth is problematic Mm -hmm. for him and the whole idea of superman in its sort of iconographic form is that superman we were talking about it just as we were watching the movie that you know the potential is that he doesn't have any problems right like he's a god on earth and he can pretty much do whatever he wants and there's nothing really we have we don't have a lot to say about it um which is Lex's problem with him. And, by the way, Batman's problem with him. Um, and, and so, for Superman, the real work is to make him have problems, right? Like, that's the work of Superman, to make him have, whether it be uh, romantic issues, like he can't like get the girl to like him that he likes, um, or whether it's like, you know, moral conundrums about what his role is as far as interfering in the lives of humans or not, or all, all of the issues that, you know, going against his father's wishes, all of the stuff that, and also all the stuff that we all, in some ways, experience on a small scale as just humans. Mm-hmm. That's, really the, that's really the work of making a Superman movie relatable. Because otherwise, as you can imagine, you could really easily fall into a, a space where Superman, um, unless you're really efforting to contrive scenarios where he is not, you know, where he's doing things that are difficult, um, you know, is where you want to be. You want to be where he is emotionally uh, having to grapple with his own humanity, you know. And I think that was the that was the goal of the movie. Yeah. Well, thanks for that because it kind of, I think, in a big way, you just explained a big part of the appeal of these movies. Yeah. No, because in the end, if we can, uh, if we can, like, if you can empathize with Superman, then that Superman, then you've sort of won that. You've made Superman relatable. Mm-hmm. I guess is the real thing, and I, th- I think that was the that was the hope. Thank you for listening to the Eternal Night Podcast. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Entertainment, or anything else related to WBD. Uh, All thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. If you would like to follow along the show, you can follow along on Podbean or iTunes. Feel free to drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us along on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.